0: Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God.
1: First and foremost, I just just want to give glory to God just for this opportunity, um, just to share His Word. And um to share it with, with friends and family and that's just uh an amazing, amazing thing. So uh Lord's been so good to me. Um, even when I've been unfaithful to him. He he still he still just continued to to wrestle with me, to work in me and uh transform my life. And um I'm just forever thankful for that. And uh looking around there's there's a lot of people I know who have put their faith in, in our Lord and Savior jesus christ and and uh, who I've personally seen transformation and and uh have been, have been encouraged by that and uh, it's pretty cool as I was uh, planning to prepare for a message in first um, Peter chapter one, uh, I just just went went through you know what we have what we know is the life and, and journey of of Peter with uh, with our Lord Jesus Christ and um, just the things he went through, um, the stumblings, the failings, and, and how the Lord was faithful through that and was able to bring him out of that. And uh, how cool is it that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we can think of two figures, right, David and Peter, who we can just so much relate to, right, in those things. Nobody here is perfect tonight, I can confidently say that. And I'll raise the hand <laughs> right here and, and admit that I'm the first one. Um, but again, you know, whom the Sun sets free is free indeed. And uh, I just pray um, just for everyone here tonight that, that if that um, isn't something that uh, has become evident in your life, um, I, I pray that uh, as a result of this message... And uh, as a result of just being around genuine believers in Christ who have experienced his love, that, uh, that you come to know those truths. So God has provided us a helper in the Holy Spirit who has revealed the great truths of God, God our Father, and his inspired word and has enabled us to push out of our comfort zones and into a world that desperately, desperately needs love of Christ. So, again, while preparing this message, uh, my intentions... You know, we're First Peter chapter one. Spirit quickly led me in a different direction, and that's to focus on our brother Peter, because I uh, I look at Peter's um, time with the Lord and his shortcomings, and it's like holding the mirror right up, and it's so cool. And uh, so God has provided His words and individuals um, to individuals and the experiences um, that they've gone through um, to. Just point us to Him and just draw us closer to Him, so that we can learn from those experiences. So, I got some married couples in the building tonight. Some, uh, some, some who have been going at it strong for a long time, and um, some who are fresh. Got Gabe and uh, Adriana in the building. It's a blessing to have them here, and uh, you know, somewhat newly married couple. And it's just cool to uh, to see love, right? And uh in a world where it's just easy to throw out that word, um, it just seems that not too many times is it followed up with action. And so my question to you tonight is, have you experienced love? Have you experienced real true love? You know, we, we tend to, to fall for people, for appealing qualities, get wrapped up in our emotions, start doing crazy things fall head over heels for somebody, and then those things end up being temporary, right? I know I've, I've heard, not been discouraged by, but look forward to, one day, Lord willing, or not willing, being married, and uh, everybody talks about the honeymoon phase, in, in, a, in a relationship, in a marriage, you know, everything's just so exciting, you can't get enough of one another, and then, until you've had enough of one another, and... Um, <laughs> You know, but that, it's pretty cool, because it just paints a perfect picture of of what Jesus Christ has done in my life, and uh, the sacrifice, the suffering um, that he went through on my behalf, on your behalf, we can translate that into a relationship that we have either with our friends, family members, or our significant others. And, uh, but love, love involves sacrifice, love involves forgiveness, Love involves joint suffering, and love involves grace. A love that you can rest your hope and trust in always. A love that you can live for, but have you experienced a love that you can die for? So, I'm looking forward to diving into 1 Peter, an instrumental and powerful epistle written to the first century church during a time of intense Roman persecution. First, it is important to take a look at our brother Peter's life and his journey with Christ. So, Peter was some kind of fella. I'll be the first one to say that, but again, we just uh, we see our reflection as we take a look at him. Uh, he was brash. He was quick to act, right? Always, always saying things. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Not backing it up. He was one who actually rebuked Christ, right? As Jesus Christ said had foretold that he would have to go to the cross and die for our sins. Peter said, no, no, it's not going to be so, Lord. You cannot do that. And what what did uh, Christ say? He said, get behind me, Satan. Right? And uh, we'll see. Even though Peter has his shortcomings, um, we'll see that God tends to move even when we're not moving. He tends to be faithful not tends to be. He is faithful when we are unfa- unfaithful. And uh, he redeems those who are broken, even those who are unfaithful. And what a gracious and merciful God we serve. Amen? Amen. So Peter, Peter was passionate, always jumping the gun, and definitely considered brash. One of the, group, the brash one of the group when looking at the other disciples who walked with Christ. And everybody tended to follow Peter's lead. Outside of Jesus himself, Peter is mentioned more than anyone else within the Gospels, always popping up to ask questions of Jesus, the first to step up to the plate for a challenge, the only one to try and rebuke Christ, and the first to try and defend Jesus when he was arrested prior to being taken to his death. So after Jesus is tempted by Satan in chapter 3 of Matthew and the Garden of Gethsemane, we can see in chapter 4, obviously Jesus prevails. And uh, we see in chapter 4, he goes on his mission. And he calls ordinary men and women, well, ordinary men in this case, like you and I, um, to a service um, unlike one that they've ever experienced. So Christ goes on his mention, mission, and, uh, and he gets to Peter. Peter, originally known as Simon, and uh, Peter translated a rock. He, he's firm, he's strong. And uh, we'll see that though Peter had his shortcomings, he would uh, live up to those expectations, but not by his own power, but the power of the Holy Spirit inside of him. So, in Matthew 10, we see Jesus gives his disciples, disciple meaning followers or students of a teacher, now deemed apostles at this point. He sends them on a mission in his name with specific powers, commanding them to heal the sick cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. And he states in verse 8 of chapter 10, freely you receive and freely you shall give. In spite of these great experiences that Peter went through, he was still a little shaky, so to speak. So like us, Peter was easily overcome and distracted by the storms of this life. I ask you, there's plenty of Bibles right in front of you, if you would open up with me to Matthew 14. And we'll be starting with verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountains by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea Tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Here goes Peter. (laughs) So he said, Lord, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. So what can we learn from Peter here? One, never take your eyes off Jesus. Two, when you do, even, even in these mass storms that we call life, or that are part of this life, you can always still go to Jesus. And he calms those storms. And that's been so, so true in my life back and forth, back and forth, you know, choosing to do things my own way, choosing to turn to uh, worldly things, worldly wisdom. Storms start raging, right? But yet he's still faithful. He says, here you go, Mac, here's my hand. Calms the storm. And that's so true. As we, as, as we dive into his word daily, as we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, those things that we, we pertain to or we... Uh, call stressors in our lives, don't seem so stressful, right? When I'm stressed, highly stressed, it's when I'm going based on my own power, on my own might, my own strength. Whether it's coaching freshman boys, whether it's dealing with uh, family members, you know, um, just dealing with typical issues, I tend to get enraged, out of control in my heart, and that's not Christ in me. So I turn to Him, I pray, I ask by the power of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> Maria's laughing because she's seen it, um, <laughs> to, to just, that He just lead me, and He does, He's faithful to do that. Other times I'm stubborn, I don't ask, right? And I stay going about it, I stay stressed, it gets worse and worse, and I turn to Jesus. And it's so funny how, <laughs> how we experience how faithful and how loving He is. Yet we're still sinful and we're still stubborn. But he's not done with us yet. And he'll continue to, to grow us and shape us and mold us until we are in his image. Right? And that's what we want people to see. We don't want people to see. I don't want people to see Mac up here. I want people to see Christ. And uh, that's the bottom line. Again, my brothers and sisters, just keep your eyes on Christ. Peter was also the first to boast. Please turn with me. In your Bibles to Matthew 26, starting with verse 31. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, it is written in your Old Testament. Zechariah 13:7 7 states, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. The shepherd referring to Jesus Christ. The sheep and his flock referring to the disciples. Those who claim to love him, those closest to him. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, here we go, Peter, and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Let's move ahead to verse 69. Same chapter. So now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. There's one. And we had gone out to the gateway, and when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know that man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you, calling him a liar. Then he began to curse and swear, things are starting to escalate here, saying, I do not know the man, and immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. Have you ever denied Jesus Christ? Okay, everybody raise your hand. Go ahead, do it. Everybody raise your hand. Put it down. Okay, there's a little honesty. Now, I don't mean blatantly saying I do not know Jesus Christ, but whether we're out in public, and uh, let's just say someone is, is being completely explicit, right? It's typically, right, by the Holy Spirit, we're taught to be holy, right? We are enabled to be holy by God's power. So we might hear or see somebody doing something, and we don't correct it. Why? because we're probably afraid of the backlash, right? But the Spirit is saying, correct them in in humility, of course, in meekness, in love, but to correct them, right? How about that person maybe that you've had a conversation with, uh, you're getting somewhere, they clearly are, are, are more open to you, right? You may feel like they like you a little bit, that's cool. And the Lord's saying, hey, tell them about me. Have we ever not done that? Yeah, a lot of of head nods. And I'll be the first one to say that. I've been guilty of that too. Right? So though, maybe not as blatantly as Peter, um, we we have, in a sense, denied Christ. But, as mentioned in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 to 24, through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in Him. Praise God for His mercies are new every day. Amen? And we see proof of that more as we move along with Peter. I ask that you turn with me to uh, John chapter 21. Before we read that, let's consider the context. Christ has already revealed Himself to the disciples twice, and to many others. This is post-resurrection. To dive further into those appearances in Christ's resurrection, I encourage you to read John 20. And whether you're a believer or a non-believer, I strongly encourage you to read the entire book of John. But for time's sake, I'm going to jump into the 21st chapter um, of the Gospel of John, starting with verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his, his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. Peter's just that leader every single time. He's going fishing. Everybody's going fishing with him. Keep in mind, these are all fishermen. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, children, have you any food? Now, I can relate in the sense of maybe coaching, not necessarily fishing. I like to fish, but I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, But something that you've taken pride in, I mean, these guys literally had a, like a fishing business. You know, this is, this is something they, you know, Peter, Peter was stressed. What does he go to? He goes something he's familiar with, goes to something he's familiar with, something that he's good at. And we tend to do the same thing. When I'm stressed, I want to go play basketball or do something I feel I'm comfortable with. But, but we all tend to go to things that we're good at. And um, it's, you know, kind of proven to be therapeutic in a sense. And so, Peter's going fishing. All the apostles are hopping in the boat, going along with them. And then this guy on the shore, who they do not know is Jesus yet, says, children, have you got any food? Now, um, you know, somebody tells me, you know, you should do this, you should do that. Hey, have you won any games? I mean, in the flesh, I'm ready to fight. You know, in the spirit, I'm ready to love that person. But you can imagine, especially Peter being as brash as he is, Uh, Those are fighting words, right? So this guy, children, have you have any food? Do you have any food? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they had been casting it on the left side. What's going to make the difference to cast it on the right side? they have been fishing all night, nothing, right? So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple uh, whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the, others, the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits. Okay, so 200 cubits is about, let's say, give or take, 120 to 130 yards. That's longer than a football field. Right, So probably double the length of here. Now you imagine swimming in the sea, possibly against the current. Um, that length, got to be some kind of strong man, or you were driven by, by something. In this case, Peter is driven by the side of the Lord. Peter who denied Christ three times. Uh, Peter who claimed that he would go to his death before denying Christ three times. Or before denying Christ at all. But yet, here comes Peter, just diving out the boat, and he's going. He's going to be the first one to see his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which is just incredible. And uh, I could just relate to that intensely. You know, though, though we, whether it's denying Christ, whether it's our, our, our stumblings, um, whether we go back into the garbage that we came from, uh, Christ is so faithful, and, and he still restores us he still brings us back and it's so cool because that feeling you got when you got saved when the Holy Spirit came inside of you is something that God is faithful to renew all the time all the time continuing um, in chapter 21 Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish Then as soon as they had come to land, this is verse 9, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus said to him again, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, tend to my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. This is Peter. Peter was going to go to his death and glorifying God through it. And when he had spoken this, Jesus said to him, follow me. So here we go. Things start to really, really change uh, for Peter. So, the life of Peter and his walk with the Lord, again, are so relatable to ours. We can all agree that that's very true. Stubborn, quick to act in the flesh, brash at times, easily distracted, saying one thing, but always doing another. And back to the introduction what is true love? What is it without sacrifice? What is love without action? Without joint suffering, without forgiveness, without grace? Just want to side note here. One thing that I've learned over, I'd say, the last few years, it's kind of, well, last few months, intensely, is... Uh, Our walk with the Lord involves suffering. That is a given. We, we are called to go out into this world and, and preach a message that people do not want to hear. Right? People would rather hear something sugar-coated. People would rather hear a prosperity gospel without the word sin, without the mention of hell, without the mention of separation from God for all of eternity. What I've learned is that through those sufferings, whether it's sharing the gospel with someone, knowing that I might get a defensive response, or whether it's struggling with my own temptations, struggling with my shortcomings, how you really get closer to somebody, you suffer with them. Joint suffering. We are called to bear our cross and to suffer as Christ suffered. And through that, he brings us joy. It's kind of crazy, right? Suffer it's going to bring you joy, right? That doesn't make any sense to the world, but it makes so much complete sense to me. And, and I, it's, it's incredible that when you honor the Lord, through that suffering, he honors you. And you're able to grow. You're able to grow closer to him. And I just want to encourage you. I know, I know things get scary. People get scary Some of us really care about the opinions of others, and sometimes those opinions may hurt. But at the end of the day, we serve a God who is way above that, right? Jesus came to this world, died on the cross for our sins, was raised on the third day, proving that he overcame death, he overcame sin proving that he was not a liar, he was not a lunatic, but that he is worthy of all our praise and that he is worthy of being worshipped as our Lord. Continuing on. And what is love without forgiveness and without grace? No one on this planet of seven, approximately, give or take, seven billion people has ever been Consistent in living up to those standards. Only one in history. And only one truly worth our praise. Worthy of all our praise. For John 3.16 states. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And for whosoever believes in him. Will not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He did not send his son to condemn you. But that the world through him might be saved. So from these few passages, what can we learn from Peter's life? Here are a couple lessons. One, Jesus overcomes fear. Whether stepping out of a boat onto a tossing sea or stepping across the threshold of a Gentile home for the first time, Peter found courage in following Christ. As 1 John 4.18 states, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear uh elder john shared a message last week titled fear and uh and at the end he shared the uh new new song and i i kind of want to do it justice but it's um my fear doesn't stand a chance when i'm standing in your love and that's so true that's so true sorry excuse the uh the (laughs) the attempt there but um it's, it's so true. You know, we're, we're afraid of failure. Um, we're afraid of our shortcomings. We're afraid of other people when, when at the end of the day, like, I'm sorry, people, most people, they don't, they don't want to see you succeed, right? Everybody talks about haters out there, you know, but there's one person, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who, who does not judge when we deserve judgment, right, and who provides a living hope. For us, And that overcomes fear. Being in touch with Jesus Christ overcomes fear. It's when we go stepping back into the world, stepping back into the garbage, start doing our own thing, is when that fear starts to come back in and settle in. Second lesson, Jesus forgives unfaithfulness. We've all agreed that we've been unfaithful to Him, but yet He's still faithful to us. After He had boasted of His fidelity, Peter... Referring to him not uh, saying that he was not going to deny Jesus Christ. Peter denied the Lord three times. It seemed that Peter had burned his bridges, but Jesus lovingly rebuilt them and restored Peter to service. Peter was a former failure, but with Jesus, failure is not the end. And we can take that to the bank. Second Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Third lesson. Jesus patiently teaches. Amen to that, right? Over and over, Peter needed a, need a correction, and the Lord gave it with patience, firmness, and love. The master teacher looks for students willing to learn. Psalm 32.8 states, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. The way that we should go, not the way that we want to go. Fourth, Jesus sees us as he intends us, to be. The very first time they met, Jesus called Simon Peter. The rough and reckless fisherman was, in Jesus' eyes, a firm and faithful rock. As Philippians 1 6 promises, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Fifth, Jesus uses unlikely heroes. Remember, Peter was an ordinary fisherman. Peter was a fisherman from Galilee, but Jesus called him to be a fisher of men. Because Peter was willing to leave all that he had to follow Jesus, God used him in great ways. As Peter preached, people were amazed at his boldness because he was unschooled and ordinary. But then they took note that Peter had been with Jesus. Being with Jesus definitely makes all the difference. So Peter went on to live his life, restored for the Lord, and as a result, many were saved, as we see in the book of Acts, But before and at, and, uh, both before and after Pentecost. The apostles were warned that they would all go to their deaths for Christ's name's sake and because of the resurrected power of Jesus Christ and the helper of the Holy Spirit. They lived lives persecuted by many, but experienced a living hope and a joy unmatched only found in our Savior, Jesus Christ. So, leading into 1 Peter, not tonight, I must forewarn you, this is not a letter of passive endurance through persecution, but a letter urging holy living and an active faith, urging righteous conduct in the midst of continuous persecution. Though people persecute us. We are to live above reproach. We have been touched by the love of Christ. We've been concealed by the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we are called to be holy. We will be encouraged to remember and know that our real identity and our unshakable destiny destiny is in heaven. For we are children of God. No matter how anyone else regards or uh, labels us, we have been purchased by the blood of Jesus and given a magnificent, permanent inheritance that nothing in this world can shake. And as citizens not of this earth, We can expect to be challenged, harassed, and persecuted. But no one can change the outcome, the victory already won in Jesus Christ. And that should make a difference right here, right now, in all of our lives. Let's pray.
0: You've been listening to, to every generation